following is a digital media production. And now a very special We Know Nothing with just me and Sam, one-on-one talking basketball. One-on-one. Let me talk more than basketball. Let's Sam just make debuts this just a new event. character. There's a, there's a new Hispanic character for Hispanic listeners. Lots I wanted of dating to questions. We, we, I think we actually get some really good questions. These are like two of the best questions we've gotten. I enjoyed myself and we even talked style. Yeah, and I rarely commented on sexual organs this episode. I'm kind of growing as a person. Have fun. We know nothing. 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 So give us a call. We'll give it our all. Cause if there's one thing we know, it's how to pick up the phone. We know nothing, but we'll try. Hey, and welcome to the latest episode of We Know Nothing. Hi, Sam. Hey, it sounded just... like you have a personality disorder in that <laughs> intro right there. That's okay. Oh, just slight mental illness. We're we're handlyless today. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I feel free. I feel liberated. Me too. I hate him. <clears throat> um, no, I miss him. He's doing his movie thing. You know, it's like you gotta. You know, when you're dyslexic and you gotta read a 120 page script, it's hard enough. So you gotta get out there and you gotta give How it your best shot. How does he do shot. it? I mean, I it probably really doesn't. It's gonna be a pretty bad movie, probably. Let's face it. I mean, <laughs> he's gonna kill I it. like him, but I mean, he's handsome. He's coming into his own. I don't like that you just put your jacket on because usually, cold. yeah, but usually you open the podcast by getting less clothes on, and I like that energy because it's like more reckless. And now you're like bundling up. Eight jokes. And this blazer will be off. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm counting the jokes. Okay, yeah. I'm counting. <laughs> I like that you. I, I like a woman that wears a blazer. What? This is all I have. Like I don't. I wear think dresses. it's hot. I think it's like a hot outfit. Seriously, like, like I love the way like Diane Keaton dresses. That's what I like. And a lot of and a lot of like girls like in those uh, Williamsburg or Lower East Side bars are going for that. So that used to be like one of my pickup lines. Like be wearing like a hat, and I'd be like. Kind of got like a Diane Keaton thing going on. They'd be like, "You think so?" And I'd be <laughs> like, "Yeah." They'd be like, "They'd be like, yeah, that's what I'm going for." And I'm like, "Well, you have it." And they, and then that would like kind of be disarming. And then I'd be like, "Will you please fuck me? I'm really <laughs> like, please leave me alone." I didn't say the what second part. What about a hat? I didn't. Um, is that like trying too hard? I like it. I think I think if it's like if she can pull it off, like we we're talking about confidence in the last episode. I think if a girl can pull off like a hat. I think it's fun. I like a sporty hat in a girl too. Like I saw. Uh, Amy Schumer once wore like a Mets hat mm-hmm. to uh, to a spot, and I was like, I think that's really cool. Yeah, like when I like a girl that. wears like a, or like when uh, my ex girlfriend used to wear a Yankees hat. I, I like a sporty hat in a girl. What I about think it's a cool. beanie with a propeller on top? If you're over seven, I would say no. <laughs> but I actually have a picture of me in a beanie with a propeller. Do you want to see it? Yes. What about a yarmulke? And don't scroll my phone because I have Can some girls sex wear stuff on yam- there. What? Yarmulkes? Yarmulke? Yeah. yeah. They're for men, babe. Oh, okay. Sorry, babe. You don't know me. <laughs> don't shit. scroll on your phone on the pod. I know. I'm getting the picture for you, you crazy person. I think Chrissy Hind, Feist, uh, Diane Keaton, all style icons, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Love it. But you know what, Sam? I'm going to talk to you as if you're paying attention and I'm not paying attention at big time. No, I'm something, finding the propeller hat. Something I always wanted. Look, it's me in a propeller hat with my grandparents. <laughs> Chris, get over here. Look at this picture. Oh, my God. I'm posting this. Send Do you really me want this. me to post it? Your parents are adorable. Send That's my grandparents. To- not my parents. These my parents Sorry. are that old. Look how cute he is. Okay, this is going to be part of the podcast promo. I'm saying it now <laughs> so we don't forget. When I do the promo, this is I'll post a picture. part of it. <clears throat> but the problem is- Do you this have any like, jokes pertaining is, to that is, photo? No, I don't. But this is a throwback Thursday 
take picture and we post the podcast on Friday. That's the conflict I'm having right now. Babe, I post promos on Thursday. Okay. Well, it looks like Anya's got some issues and we're going to work through them. Why are you? Let me look at that again. You're so Don't scroll. I'm not going to scroll, weird there's penis. There's pictures of my dog. Oh, your penis weird is bent. No, that's so cute. I'm just going to close up. You I mean, look scroll at your own same. risk, babe. I was oh, a cute kid, Little babe. sad eyes with your long eyelashes. Okay, <clears throat> that's cute. The people love me. I'll show you my weird one with my dad. I want to see. Oh, we can't just do photos on an audio show, Anya. I did the one propeller picture. Oh, you get to do people, it, but I know. Well, people want to know. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, How, like style, fashion. Fashion. Yeah. fashion. I like yours. You're wearing a large shirt. It looks like a small though, because you have like I'm bulging. Very small. I've been exercising a lot. Your arms are like thin but muscular, Thank as Bonnie you. McFarland says. You have a swimmer's body. Well, that's what I'm going. With. I used to swim a lot. But not anymore? Well, I live right next to the rec center. So have you so been to the I. rec center? I go to a rec center too. I'm not going to talk about which one. Oh, the rec center is the shit. It was like a huge pool. I moved, so I'm not close to one anymore. But man, the rec center, where, like you're dealing with weirdos in the locker room. There's people talking to themselves. There's, there's like, always kids. disease in like <laughs> puddles of shit on the tile floor. There's so much, there's so much chlorine <laughs> in that water. But thank God for that. I know. I don't do that. I just go to the elliptical, but there's always like 80,000. For some reason, Asian, like seven-year-old Asian men. Yeah, the old Asian men. And they play ping pong. (laughs) And so do the women. That's all they do. There's like 7,000 ping pong I was going to go racial, but if you wanted, that's fine. No, it's Uh, that's. I'm just giving you the... uh, You're describing it. (laughs) Yeah. But you you said it in a negative tone. I didn't. I love it. We'll let the viewers describe. I am Asian. (laughs) I am. Are you really? I think. Well, my mom's from Kazakhstan. I think. That's a good defense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, no, maybe it might be Kazakhstan. it's like one of those people who are like we all have this much it's on the a, border of Asia alright I mean yeah, but it's, you know what I mean you do have kind of like look at my eyeballs you do have cat eyes cat? But I don't know Anya Jesus <laughs> they're not but cat they're hooded I like there's always a fat woman that's left floated hood. in the pool you know what I mean <laughs> There was like no, there was like in the pool. There was always a fat woman on a noodle just floating, and you'd have to. There's not designated lap lanes because it's like mayhem in that water. So how do you assert yourself? You swim around her like she's not there. <laughs> it's not easy, but I would do it, and uh, and you just kind of get a thing going. Also, this it, is me in my natural state. Okay, here's a picture of what, me. Are you complaining? At two, I'm crying and oh sad God. and scared. You look like a boy. <laughs> Give me this back. You look like you're in Hanson. <laughs> so maybe you don't look like a boy. <laughs> Ooh, misdirect twice. <laughs> Do I look like a That's boy like there? I'm like in. four there on my dad's lap wearing a paisley Oh my God, dress. your dad looks so different. Um, yeah, no, you look like a girl. You look like a very cute girl here. You you turned into a woman at some point. Chubby-ish kind of Chubby? No? What kind of body dysmorphia <laughs> do you have? You're like a twig. I can't take Look her compliments about my body seriously when she views herself as chubby. I just thought my arms were kind of Are you chubby. out of your mind? Stop it. No, in a cute and can way. Can we stop talking about photos on an audio show? We've done enough photo so talk. So far, this pod is at a 10. Do you think it's... I mean, I feel like I bring the heat every week. I feel like you're dragging us down occasionally, but I'm okay with that. I think it's good. You are a psycho. I'm a psycho. You have anger problems. Oh, I love your joke. I love when you bounce jokes off me. I bounce jokes off you. That vagina one did really well last night. Yeah. I have a chunk about eating pussy, but it's like, oh, it's, it's very- Let me just say to my mom who's it's, listening, no, but let me say another a chunk thing. means like a series of jokes. A series of jokes. But here's the thing about 
the, the joke about it's going it's a chunk about going down on women but i think it's like complimentary i i when a crowd even groans i'm like you understand i'm saying i like <laughs> i like what you have like it's like so it's like and also we're all adults let's grow up it's yeah. not a vulgar bit the idea of it is vulgar it's not a vulgar act i'm talking about going down to a woman i love depends what state you, you're in you'll go see shakespeare in love and watch gwyneth paltrow whip her tit out and be like this is beautiful <laughs> well then why can't i talk about a woman i love she's acting that's not real what i'm talking about is real why don't you get out of your fucking cave and stop being so damn sensitive i talk about the uh, premise of the, the premise of the joke is that i I used to go down on women when I was a kid. I didn't always like it, but I'm like, now I like it. When I was like in my teens, you do it like the way I drank whiskey. I'd be like, I don't like this, but this is what men do. This is what my idea of a man does. But then you get older and you're like, it's actually quite nice. You know, you learn to have a taste for it. So uh, the next part is that there's a part that did pretty well last night where I say uh, the cool thing about going down on women is on your girlfriend is that um, it's the only selfish thing you can selfless thing you can do while still eating pussy. <laughs> while still getting pussy or still eating, eating pussy. pussy. I said eating again. I thought that was funnier because it was just more in the nose. Oh, but getting right. pussy could still work. Maybe I'll try it both ways. But uh, high level, like, high brow humor. I like it. I mean, I feel like you're being condescending. No, but really high that. level cunnilingus humor, and I applaud that, and I well, do respect that. Uh, yeah, I mean, also I feel like I'm not like when people get offended by that. I'm like, why? Women don't really get offended by it. I think like it's their pussy boyfriend who want to act like they're- Because you're saying that it's like not it's, the greatest thing in the world. Eating vagina? Yeah. I'm not. I'm saying when you're young, you don't understand that it's great. The way I love scotch but now- But no, I mean, you are, and that's okay that you're saying like, hey, let's just all have a given here and understanding that- Eating pussy is not like the best thing in the world. Well, look, if it was the best thing in the world, there'd be ice cream flavors labeled <laughs> pussy, you know? It's like part of the joy you this get at This is my favorite bit about the Froyo. Did I do this? No, but you need to. Kind of uh, but, like, but or is that somebody else's bit? No, I've never heard this as a bit, but I'm saying like you, the part that of the- That might be a Nikki thing. Because eating, you don't do it because it tastes amazing. You do it because you get joy out of making someone you care about feel good, you know? it's like. But you also enjoy it. I enjoy it on my girlfriend. I don't want to just be like yeah. line up some pussies right. and let me lick them like we're <laughs> right. in a factory or something right. on a factory belt. But like with my girlfriend, but then I why like. Why are leading. people that way about whiskey? About whiskey? Because I think you find one that works for you, and you know, it's like it's like a woman. You find a brand that works for you, mm-hmm. and it's there's like familiarity, and it's nice. And uh, although there are like some high end ones that you're like, but those are the people. The people that know a little too much about like scotches or wines, they're always like. They're either boring or weird. Like they they need some hobby. Yeah. And like you know that writer Jay McInerney. Yes, he, he did bright lights. That's what we were talking about that book the other day. Yeah. I had to unfollow him on Twitter because all he writes, all he tweeted about was like, like aged scotches and how fine they are. And I was like, you had these amazing thoughts, and now you're just a fucking boring dude. Maybe an alcoholic. Well, yeah, he's definitely an alcoholic. But I mean, like, but he's like a high end alcoholic, which is like almost like the least sympathetic kind. Right. Like a gutter gutter alcoholic, you're like, all right, well, that guy's just not a problem. This guy's like like a pretentious guy with a problem. You <laughs> yeah. feel less bad for the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? Why is it when you like refine your tastes even more, it seems like the stuff that's really great, top shelf, high level, cream of the crop, is not immediately likable, Like especially in art. Like the finest works of art or the most expensive works of art are like the hottest, coolest artists. Sometimes you see their stuff and you're like, this? Because someone, because they're hot, uh, uh, you know, because someone decided they're hot. Chris has something to add. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just saying get a little closer to the mic there. Oh, my microphone. Yeah, you're running wild. The the reason is that people, 
<clears throat> someone in the industry has decided that they're the hottest artist and they are probably not the most talented. I mean, if someone's got all this heat out of nowhere, sometimes they've earned it, but most of the time it's someone who you're just like, we've decided this is the person to watch. And, and, and in the art world, if you're talking about like, like the artists in galleries and stuff like that, that, was, that world always drove me nuts. I used to date a girl, worked in a gallery. There's something so phony about those parties. The art world is pretentious. There's something like so not for the people when you're selling a painting for $5 million or more, you know? I guess what I'm saying is sometimes have you ever found yourself liking something that, that it, at your first impression you hated? Like, for instance, first mm. time I got into Liz Fair, I heard Exile in Guyville. On cassette, I put it in my car, I listened to two songs, I threw it in the back seat, and I said out loud to myself, that is not music. Then a month later, I read an interview with her in Rolling Stone, loved what I read, found the tape again in my back seat, put it back in, never removed it. It became my favorite album Liz of Fair all time. Liz your vagina, basically. Basically, Liz right? Fair is my vagina. Well, the thing is, you grow up and, and certain things speak to you in a different way. That's why it's fun to rewatch great uh great stand-up or great movies you know like if i rewatch a carlin special yeah it speaks to me in a different way than it spoke to me if you watch like a classic simpsons episode and it, as you're a little kid it, it, that spoke to you in a way and then you get older and you're like wow so much of this stuff went over my head totally and so like i think about yeah and, like some of the music i loved 15 years ago i listen to now and i'm like oh it's awful it's awful and i didn't know what i was thinking I but like the Liz Fair, that will never get old, and it's great. But first impression, I was like, this is off-key. Her voice is not good. These songs don't have a real hook. And then as I listened more and more, I was like, oh, shit, this is like elevated, intense, deep, amazing, groundbreaking shit. Because you, at a certain point, you integrate yourself into this world so much, you see that she knew. I don't, I'm not as familiar with her work, but from what I've heard about with you, it's like, to to break those types of rules, like going off key, you have to know the rules and stuff, right? Yeah. It's like a great director or something. It's like when I see a comic doing anti comedy and they're like mocking the art form, they're like mocking the setup. And I, and if it's a great comic, sometimes it's gonna be funny. But if it's just some bullshit comic, and you're like, oh, you just can't write a fucking joke. All right. You're just doing. There's no vulnerability. You can't write a joke. I hate this. You're just attacking. Right. Like criticizing. Yeah, and it's like you haven't earned the right to criticize. Are there comics that you love? I mean, you don't have to name names, but when you first started out, you loved certain albums or comics. Yeah, of course. And now you're like, oh my God, what yeah, was I thinking? Yeah, of course. Like, Obviously. Okay. Like who? You want me to name names? No. I mean, yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, I loved Dane Cook when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wasn't like my favorite, I but did I was too, like, yeah. But I, like, I thought that first album was so funny. I still think it's pretty funny, actually. And But like, he doesn't speak to me now the way he did. I think he was more of like a, a comic from my age group, mm-hmm. you know? And. I'm not bashing him at all, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of comics that uh, that I liked more than. What do you think but happened I with your taste? I had pretty they good taste in stand-up. Uh, yeah. Or what I, were you looking for? I mean, I was a huge Attell fan when I was a kid, and I still love, he's still like my favorite. He's amazing. I, I mean, I love Carlin. I, I was lucky in that um, I really watched a lot of comedy, and I really listened to the guys I respected and heard who they respected, so I got... I had to start with like the Lenny Bruce's, even if I didn't like them, just I to see to their influence. Because I didn't. A lot of it's very dated, but mm-hmm. then like the Carlins and the Priors, like you just, I just felt like I had to listen to because they were considered the best. And Pryor, I really like. Carlin spoke to me more than anyone. 
Some of the tastes that I had when I was younger has never changed, and I kind of like that. Like that I never really got Monty Python or National <laughs> right. Lampoon. And still, well, I feel like I want to get hell because I've said the same thing about Monty Python, but uh, I just I don't know. I don't think that's my style or something. I don't know what is exactly, but I do know that like as I've gotten older, I've kind of like Nikki also really helped me uh, assess comedy better in a sort of an, an art, like a critical way, where she'd be like, "Okay, watch this person," and then we'd watch, and she'd be like, "See, that's that's hilarious. The way that they did this misdirected, or I don't like that because they're doing this." this old hacky thing and she would like point out hacky oh, things to me it was so helpful I get so <clears throat> peeved when I hear certain setups like like, like what like one oh, of Nikki's okay. things that she told me was like whenever somebody's like so this thing happened to me and she's like that never happened that didn't yeah, happen yeah there was a com- yeah that's I call that genre uh, the line comic uh-huh. Donnelly and I did a thing for Village Voice where we break down every type of comic in the city. Uh-huh. And yeah, we call that guy the line comic with like nothing they said. So like, so like, so this guy went up to me and it was like an Arab comic. He's like, and he said, nine, at the time he goes, nine eleven, And I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely it's didn't happen. It's convenient you. for your joke. Yeah, yeah. And it's like shit like that. And there's like, that's like every bit. And you're like, all right, dude, come on. That's like, it's a lot of that stuff. And uh, if the jokes are funny enough, like Stephen Wright, you don't really care because you kind of go on that journey. And there's like an understanding. But if the joke is getting a laugh for the shock, right? then fuck it, right? Right, but Stephen Wright can write all kinds of things that obviously never happen, but they're so brilliant. Like that exactly. one about... Well, there's a truth to them, though. It's like that's who he is, and there's an honesty to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Attell can say something messed up, and I'm like, but that's Attell, and there's such an honesty to what he's saying. So, yeah, there's... there's... Or he's in on the joke with you. Like yeah. he, like we all know you're lying, but it's a it's a it's I a get, witticism. But, but with it, there's certain comments. I don't like watching a full hour of just Mister X because I feel like at the end I'm like, well, what was that for? It was mm-hmm. just like a lot of trickery. Like there are people that do it amazingly well, but for my personal taste, I like there to be. I don't mind a few of those, but I like there to be some authenticity to your act as well. I like there to. I like to leave there with something from you. It doesn't have to be too much. Just give me a hint. Mm-hmm. But I like I like there to be something of your act that's that's real. All right. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Dane Cook, I was like, this is amazing. And I got the CD, and I was just like watching him all the time, and I just thought it was so funny. And then I was struck by how it didn't really last, and I was trying to figure out why. Well, a lot of it's his fans' fault, too. I mean, he had the worst type of fans. Well, no, it didn't last with me in terms of like something I would go back to. I thought you meant like his, like creatively, it didn't last. No, it was just kind of like, oh, this is just, I think I liked his personality and like the performance of it. Like his body language and how confident he, yeah, was. he was, but then there was totally. I, it sort of lacked. Like I would never like go. I hope he tells that story about this or that again. Although there were a couple jokes like that that I loved. Like remember the one about him cruising through the parking lot really slow, but it sounds like he's going super fast. Like I can't remember. Do you remember that remember. bit where he's like, "Why is that we're going like five miles an hour in a parking lot?" And it'll be like. I thought we were just talking about. We were just talking about something else. So who were we talking about before that? Style. Oh, here's the thing I hate. There's okay. there's like a four hour erection thing, and I feel like so many people have touched on this thing. They're like, if you uh, I feel like this joke has been so done to death that every time I hear it, I'm just like, really? You what, didn't like know that? Viagra? Yeah, they're like this. This will this make if it causes an erection lasting more than four hours, call a doctor, and you're like, call a doctor. I'm calling everyone. Like that joke has <laughs> right. been so fucking done to death. And I've heard like legendary comics touching it, and you get sad because you're like, okay, that means you're out of touch. Right, I you're heard, not like, listening. You're to not comedy. in the clubs enough, and like maybe your arrogance keeps you out of those rooms. I know exactly. But what like, you're talking make about. friends with. The, here's the thing: when I'm an older comic, I want to be friends with some of the really younger guys because I want to stay 
hip in some way. And the great comics do. They stay in the clubs. They know. But like Mackie, Joe Mackey had a great joke where he's like, I read, I saw this article. It said, uh, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, call a hacky comedian to make a joke about it. <laughs> and I love that turn on it. You know, That's great. But, it's the same in music. I was sort of arguing with a, an older comic about this and he was saying, it's important to be authentic to me. I don't need to stay in touch with the younger comics. I'm just doing me. And I was like, eh, I kind of get where you're coming from. I can get that way with music a lot where I don't want to listen too much to newer shit because I don't want it to affect me. And really, at the end of the day, I'm just doing me. But that's not true. Like, I need to listen to everything from, like, old Billie Holiday to, like, jazz I've never heard to, like, new house shit or whatever, like, right. even pop music or Selena Gomez because... That's what pe- I learn about what's happening right now, and I get don't spe- excited. Don't by it. great albums inspire <clears throat> you to write something? Absolutely. Have you heard the new Kanye uh, Kendrick Lamar? No, but I saw you, I saw you so post good. about it. Really? It's so good. No more parties in L.A. Listen to it. I don't listen to it. Kendrick works in a Buddhist chant to the rap. I saw that in your post. It's insane. Okay, so well, I'm good. gonna listen to it after. Also. Um, yeah, those though you need that. I don't get people that tune all that out. The the great comics are connected, I think, and they know what's going on. I just watched Mulaney's special, and I'm like, that's he's so good. I mean, it's just amazing. He's so good and so fast, and he's like, there's something that's changed about his voice. It's like a little louder, or I don't know if it was just being in that theater, but I like it. What's it called? The Comeback Kid. It's on Netflix. Yeah. So check it out. I mean, it's such a good special. He's um, so funny. Um, yeah. All of his stuff is great. Let's do an email. Let's do it. <clears throat> I really enjoyed listening to you guys on the podcast. This is from a guy talking about this stuff. Thanks for recommending that I listen and also submit this question. How does this look? Oh, this must be somebody that called in before. This past weekend, I had a first date with a girl I met online. I really liked her, but in the past few days since the date, I've been really sick. Did I do this already? No. I want to ask her out again, but I'm going to wait until I feel better, and I don't know how long that will be. In your view, if a person has to wait a week or two for a second date, mm. have I done this before? No, you haven't done it. I'm, okay. I'm thinking. That's... Instead of going out again a few days later, is there just as good a chance for the date going well? Am I losing my momentum? I'll still ask her out again either way, but I want to know what you think. So basically, he's sick. He wants to wait till he feels that's better. A, that's a good question, actually. It is a great question. Because um, my knee-jerk response is like... Yeah? You're going to jerk it? If I didn't know that somebody was sick and they, they waited too long to ask me out, I'd be like, I really don't like you. Let me bomb a jerk joke <laughs> that hard. That was what painful. What did you say? Jeez, I nothing. Just keep going. Let it so live in the past. So self-centered. I was just Jesus listening Christ. to my own thoughts. Of course. Classic. Fuck you. <laughs> what, what's your advice? My advice was, I guess, I would, t- I would love it if a guy said, hey, I'm sick, but I really want to go out with you, and I'll be better in a week. Can, can we okay. touch base then? Because then at least I know why he's ignoring me. What if you just like establish a communication and be like, hey, how's it? I had a really good time. How's it going? Like, why don't you just maybe a quick text conversation? Like as that? long as it's quick, but like sh- she knows that he's not dropping the ball. Because, again, don't get caught into this whole 30 texts back and forth with no plan in sight because girls get There's always a plan, that. babe. There's not, though. There's Some a guys, plan. Well, then say it. I'm going to say, babe, I got a plan. <laughs> and the plan involves tapping that ass okay. coming to a theater near you, a Tyler Perry movie starring Gabrielle Union. So what would I you pitched the script to him. He didn't take it, all right? <laughs> Tyler! What was, what was the title? Tapping that ass. You weren't even paying attention. <laughs> Sorry. You always do this. <laughs> Are we really going to go see a movie together? I'd love to. Which one? You okay. said The Hateful Eight. I'll see whatever. I need, we could do a movie day. That'd be I fun. I need to see The Hateful Eight. I, it'd be fun. I don't go to the movie theater that much. Forget it then. I'll go alone. 
No, I want to go. I like that she just like on, like she she she's like let's go see a movie. And then I'm like, all right. And then she's like, no, forget it. <laughs> you need to see Anomalisa. I want to see it. So yeah, we, about this question though, I would say uh, just establish contact. Just say don't I, lose um, momentum. I also think it's like it is that is a real problem though because you know there is uh, you do want to keep it moving like maybe three days later that's what they say in swingers I disagree maybe maybe like a, I, if I had a good date I'll, I'll do it the next day yeah and you'll I'll get say, better in three days you'll be fine I don't know he could be really sick you don't know okay so then he just lets her know that he's sick why would a guy not just say hey I'm sick but I really want to see you again because so. they might because they might think that's a blow off they might think like he's like just playing games or something. I don't know no. I'm thinking why why wouldn't a guy just be honest about being sick I don't know. They don't want to sound weak. That's Maybe the, their immune that's system. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like, babe, I have a cold, but I'm going to beat the shit out of it because I'm a strong man. No, that's, we don't care about that. We just want attention. I love when women take care of me when I'm sick. It's fucking hot. That's not what we want. Yeah, you do. That's what you all want. You want to nurse me back to health while I'm like, wah! Top of my list. <laughs> I was really sick when I visited my girlfriend for like one night. Uh-huh. I just was. I think I was run down. I just pulled an all-nighter. And I couldn't sleep. I, I'm run, no, I just late night sets. You're wired then into a morning flight. The f- I'm, it's so hard for me to sleep on flights sometimes because I'm just I'm six three. You know, it's not easy, oh, and it's wait. uncomfortable. And it's really <laughs> hard for me. And I'm scared. And then I got there, and we were out with her family, and it was like I was so run down. She took care of me, and it was great. It was like a little with battle. her family. Yeah, they all just took care of me. They all took turns taking care of me. <laughs> You set it up with the family one. I don't want to make that joke. I just wanted to I'm know. Just, you're a bad you point staying. guard. You're giving me bad passes to move with. You're a poor team leader, Anya. <laughs> no you're direction. Poor performance. Hitler. Poor performance. Hitler. <clears throat> Stalin. <throat> Mussolini. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the Russian loop in. I had to. Hey, big fan of Sam. Uh, should I just skip this one? <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. Uh, big fan of Sam. I like Phil from when I heard him on... Y-K-W-D. That's you know what, dude. Bobby Kelly's, Bobby Kelly's podcast. I've listened to a couple episodes of this pod, and it was really good. Anyways, I saw Sam's retweet, decided to write in. I'm 23 and was with a girl for about four and a half years. We lived together for about two and a half. She's my first real girlfriend, first sexual partner. We were close. Always talked about- How old is he? 23. That's like sexual partner is such a mature term to I use know. for 23. All right. We were very close, always talked about growing up together, maybe having kids, etc. Over the summer, we moved to a new city, and she started hanging out with her friends from her new job a lot. I never really felt right going with her to hang out since they were her friends from work, and I'm kind of an anxious person to begin with. Okay. About two, three months after we moved, we broke up, and she moved out. I wasn't working a ton, and I was being apathetic and lazy about life, so I sort of blamed myself for the breakup. After we broke up and she moved out, we still had sex and hung out with each other occasionally. Then, gradually, she just wanted to be friends, which, of course, didn't really work. The last time I saw her was- You fucking broads. You you break our spirits. (laughs) You hurt us. Ah, sorry. Keep reading it. <laughs> the last time I saw her was a couple weeks ago. We went out for drinks <laughs> as friends, and oh, she told me she's you doing this yourself, seeing dude? someone from oh, her work. Fuck her. I got so pissed off. And fuck you for fu- no, not fuck you. Don't, but, but stop hanging out with her. But after a little bit, I was like, 
It was like we were back to normal, having a good time together. I ended up getting super drunk, and we made out at the bar. What? And she's a boyfriend? The next week, I went off confessing how much I love her, how Whoa. much it hurt me that she told me that, and how I think she's the only one for me, yada, yada, yada. Wow. We sort of agreed to just not see each other for a while. Fuck, that's painful. All right. And now we don't talk at all, really. I this know. is one of the more gripping emails I've gotten. This is like a journey. This is like a, this is like a rom-com. But like a darker rom-com with truth. Keep reading, babe. <laughs> I know it's early, but it feels impossible for me to get over her. I really hope uh, to get back together at some point, so it's just sort of motivation for been me. Been there. <laughs> I have. I'm being serious. Why are you laughing at me? Just interjecting every 10 seconds. Well, Anya, that's what the podcast is, interjecting every 10 seconds. Why don't you write this on your new blog, hitler.tumblr. All right. Keep reading, babe. Jesus. Come on, giggles. Get to it. It just sort of... Mo- okay. This is just sort of motivation for me to become a better person. Ooh, sounds like he is a fan of mine. <laughs> Here are my questions. What should I do? How can I make her want me back? Do you think I feel so strongly about her because she's my first real girlfriend? I'm laughing because I almost deleted this. Oh. <laughs> You're just not very... This is what women do. They almost delete you by accident, just like his ex. <laughs> I think it's because she's special and we are meant for each other. I love him. I like him. <laughs> and he's very honest. And I and I think, you know what? He, You, you go first because you put your finger up and you're very authoritative like a female Donald Trump. Someone wrote that in. I don't remember who. <laughs> what were you going to say? Go ahead. No, you had your finger up. Ladies first. You want equal pay, but you know, want to go first still. That's fair. Doing I it. hope this isn't too long. <laughs> it's a complicated situation. I don't expect you to know what's right, but hey, maybe it'll be fun to discuss on the pod. Yours truly, a potential regular listener. Potential. All right, I liked him better, but uh, before he like dropped Threatened. the whole like, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll listen, maybe I won't. When he's she's a cock tease. You sound like the cock tease. <laughs> I might listen, I might not. <laughs> Depending on what you guys say. Now, we like you. Well, I like his email. I think it was very honest, and, and I've been there. Like, that feeling of, like, the truth is, you know, you know what we know. You got to cut her out. I mean, she's she's leading you on. Meet, by meeting for drinks with you uh, and then kissing you while she's dating someone else is just not appropriate, obviously. You know, she's stringing you on. The fact that you guys moved, I hope you didn't move for her. I hope it was a mutual move, a mutual decision to move, and uh, and it didn't affect your life too badly because it seems like she may have adapted a little more easily than you did. She's got work friends. You don't have – it seems like you were staying out of that, but then maybe you have more time to stew in your head about the breakup than she does. She's maybe more occupied. Sounds like you're being more apathetic. So you you got to find a hobby to stay busy. You got to get rid of her. And uh, stop you gotta, drinking so much. And you got to go out there, and you got to find yourself a special little someone. And um, this is my new character, <laughs> a gay, Latino, <laughs> a gay black woman. <laughs> I don't know. It's I can't woman. do voices. I am not. Ca- like I'm not that. a talented character person. Impressed by how closely you're listening, Sam. I'm very connected on you. There's a lot you don't know about me. I agree with everything you've said. I think that uh, this guy needs to. Cut down on the drinking. Don't beat yourself up. You're very young, too. You're obviously a sensitive, deep person because you're super self-aware. And yeah. I like that you're not you're not like beating yourself up for having this emotional sort of outburst with her or reconnecting with her, which is good. You're not like going into shame, which right. is just a bottomless pit of uselessness. 
Anya's next album, a bottom up <laughs> uselessness. Uh, no, but the, the truth is, you, you know, you just can't. You can't, gotta. It's gotta be like a band aid. You gotta rip it off. It's painful, but you know, she's you, gonna like you so much more when you're not disinterested, unavailable. Not that that's a healthy way to go about it, but it's the truth. I mean, and also. Uh, Life is long too. People do get back together over time, but it's only going to be right if you guys are truly meant to be, and it'll just work out. It, and you and you love her now, but six months down the road, when maybe you're getting a little over her, or when however long that takes, there might be some resentment. You don't know. I mean, what she's put you through right now, breaking up with you, dating someone else, stringing you along. I know this may sound crazy right now, or this might sound on you right now, but <laughs> you know, no, but there is. There is gonna be there's gonna be different feelings. The feelings change, they go away, and and sometimes after a breakup, you feel like you can never love someone again. That's what I was gonna get to next. But you know, it's it's it, you'd be shocked. Shut, the human heart down. is resi- it's a, as Woody Allen says, it's a very resilient muscle. It is, and whatever you do, don't do this thing where you shut down. Like I've known so many guys that they get hurt once, and then they're like, forget it. I never want to get hurt again, so I'm just never going to date again. But yeah. you can't. You obviously have a lot of love to give. You guys had a great connection. Don't hate her. You know, obviously there's still a mutual connection. She kissed you back. It's like, you know, she's hanging out with you. She's obviously got some And if she's not a bad boundaries. person, I mean, like, just don't. Cheating is just bad. Just It's just bad. It's. I mean, either she's not She's just crazy. seeing somebody else. Maybe, yeah, you're both young. Maybe she just needs to get something out of her system, and maybe she still cares about you. She There's still a connection. She met you for drinks. She wants you in her life. The whole friend thing is... Be friends you, later. The best thing you can do now, give yourself three months. Give yourself you 90 friends. days. All or nothing at all. Don't talk to Sinatra. her. Go work. Go focus on yourself. Go to the gym. Do things that make you feel good. Hang out with f- people that you like. Don't drink too much. You'll be shocked. As Hanley would, as Lady Hanley would say, you know, drinking should be celebratory and not, uh, not to drown your sorrows. That's what he always says. And stop fucking flirting with us that you may or may not become a full-on listener. Yeah, we're fucking bringing it week in and week out. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Anya's doing okay, but I'm fucking, I'm giving my heart to this show. I'm giving it everything I have. I feel it, too. Yeah, Look, babe, you feel it? We're going to monitor In your lines. Lines <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> is such a creepy word. Yeah, but that's, I like I like that email. It's one of our better emails and very, uh, dude, I've been there. I was a, I was a fucking... Hopeless romantic at that age, very much, uh, right. very very attached to women that have that later on you see were not right for you. Like I remember, I had an awful breakup, and Phil liked the girl a lot, and I still think she's a good person. But Phil like, knew her. Yeah, yeah, those were years ago. And how uh, long have you known Phil? I don't know, a few years, like okay. probably like five or six years, I would say. Oh, I thought, wow, he's lived here that long. Yeah, I thought it was like three. Okay, no, it was more because. Uh, at least no, it was more because I, I guess because we I met him right when he got passed at the cellar, which was like three years ago or two and a half years ago. Yeah, well, this girl, uh, we probably broke up around three years ago, maybe closer to four, and I remember her being like, like I was a wreck. I pulled the whole the old the Samuel Bluff game where like it was, she was like she had some issues she wasn't dealing with. She had a very difficult childhood. And she will refuse therapy. And not that not that everyone needs therapy, but there's some people that are like, you need to deal with this. You're not, it's a way to deal with it. And she wouldn't deal with it. I was, I pulled the old like, hey, well, if you think we should break up. And she was like, maybe that'd be for the best. And I was like, no. Oh, no. No. Like you were bluffing. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to break up. But I was like, I didn't know what else to do. Because it was like, <laughs> she fucking loaded the gun. She made me pull the trigger, you know? It's like, it's like, that's what she clearly wanted. And then 
I remember being at the comic strip that night and just being like, and my friend Anthony DeVito was like, how's it going, man? I was, and I, I can't hide it ever. I can never fake it socially. Like yeah. I, I'm, it's one of my worst <laughs> qualities. If you, if you're someone who wants you to have like a social persona, he's like, how are you? And I'm like, not well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, There's a dark cloud like, swirling around Sam's he, head. He knew her too. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, you guys will probably get back together. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, I don't think so. Really? <laughs> well, I was like basically living with her. So I basically had to start moving my stuff. She gave me like a thing of my stuff, and that's when I was like, "Well, I guess she's not taking me back." And uh, this, this, that. And her main reason was that she needed therapy. No, I mean that's not what she said. That's what I now see was the problem. But like at the time, I was like, she was very career oriented. She was young, and we both were working really hard, and it was just difficult to make it work. But in retrospect, that wasn't it. It's you can make it work. That's not how it is, you know. And I remember uh, we just wanted different things, you know, and. And it's at the time I was like, I'll never recover. Phil was, I remember being, he hung out with me a lot and he was just like, you're going to move on. I promise mm. you. And I was like, no, I'm not, dude. This was it. I'm fucked. And I was, I met you around that time, I think too. I was just at my, yeah. I was at the cellar with my head down every night. Uh. I had like my head on a table. I couldn't lift my, I was so sad. I couldn't lift my head up. Uh. I was like a mess. And, uh, and look, it's clearly for the best now. I know you're happy she's, she's and in love. In love. What yeah. is the deal now? With me? You seem in in love. I'm never very, gonna say I'm that very again. into this woman. I like her. <clears throat> Who knows? So Who you knows? do get over stuff, even when you're in the midst of a heartbreak. It's like when you have mono or you're sick. You just think that I'll never get over this. I'll never be happy about life again. And then you get well, and you're like, oh. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to do this. You get all excited about being healthy. It really does pass. Who is that famous writer who said, you'll have three great romances in your life? Mm. Unless you live in the Midwest should be the second part of that. <laughs> then you'll have one and die young. <laughs> but that's like a quote that was like, that. that's possible. Unless you like... I mean, I'm very, I, I'm loyal. I mean, I think like part of being a Knicks fan has made me very loyal with women. I'm like, we're gonna make this work. <laughs> we're gonna make this happen. Because there's so much heartbreak. There's heartbreak, and there's also like you feel connected. And if you're like, a, I think if you're a diehard sports fan, in a way, it makes you loyal because you just, I with the Knicks, it's I'm not even a diehard sports fan, but I'm a huge basketball fan. And like you're with them through the thick and the thin. If you're from a real New fan. York. Being a fair weather sports fan tells me so much about you. If you're the type of guy that roots for the flash in the pan thing, I'm like, you're a cheater. Right. You're gonna cheat on your girlfriend. Because you like <gasps> the hot theory. you like the hot team. You're like, you're not loyal. I knew a kid like that younger and he would like I was like, Who's your team? And he'd be like, The Lakers and I was like, Well, they're the cool team right now. They're winning. And he'd be like, No, nah, I like like, you know, and then of course years go by and then he's like, you know, a clippers and I'm like, Fuck you. What do you think of like foul weather friends? People that only like the team that's having like the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like Cubs fans yeah. and uh, yeah, they're like Padres. They're like just all, yeah, like still saddest human being. <clears throat> they'll be loyal, but they'll fucking be on a ton of antidepressants and you don't want to be with them probably. Are they bummed out when they win? No, they're not bummed out when they win, but I think they might be drawn to losing. That's like the music fan that's like, you don't know Sebado's first B-side record that's only available in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do a bit about like ISIS, how like, they, you know, they named uh, Jihadi John, that, that guy who just died, that awful terrorist, but like they named him because like prisoners saw him and uh, three other British guys and the prisoners, apparently, this the story that they nicknamed them the Beatles and then the media called them, called him Jihadi John. And <sighs> I want to do a bit about how like one of them was, like one of the terrorists was bummed that he was Rango. 
you know like, he's Work like oh man wait but, but there was something else about but like but like yeah but there's like you always know. thinking Sam but, but there's like something about uh that person yeah and then there's like the like the diehard ISIS fans who was like I liked them before they were just about oil you know yeah. like I was I was I was old schooler through. syndrome but like yeah it's, I hate those people those, those people I think that's not a connection I think those people are just kind of annoying those people just they're, they're just pretentious. they just want attention. Yeah. They just want to be like, oh, you maybe they don't have a talent or something and then they're like, that's their talent is knowing more than you and rubbing it in your fucking face. I hate those people. How do you fall in love with a team when you're just starting out to become a sports fan? Like how do you fall in love? I mean, this is for people that don't really understand, but for, for me, I I the mean Knicks, I understand I'm Knicks, kind of a sports authority, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you're an authority, but not sports. Uh, a self appointed authority. <laughs> Who never <laughs> stops yelling. But uh, yeah, when I was a Knicks fan as a kid, it was like that team was everything to me. I mean, they were Ewing and Starks. They represented the city and they played like they cared about us, which right. was like they reflected the city that they played in. It was special. Like John Starks was an underdog. He was 6'3", but he was guarding 6'6 six, six guys. He was small, but he played his heart out. He was bagging groceries and we got him. I mean, he was like a nobody. Wow. And... His and he left it like he wasn't the best guy, but he played his fucking heart out every night. And he had to guard Jordan, and he had to guard you know all the best Reggie Miller. And he and he Jordan lit him up because Jordan lit everyone up. But Starks he didn't make it easy for him. And like that was the thing about the Knicks; they weren't the best team, but they were so tough. And they had all these types of guys that were like Anthony Mason, who just died, who we loved, dude. Oh, Mason, like he was. A big dude. He got kind of heavier, and he passed away really young. He was not even 50, I don't think. Oh, but, my God. But God, Mason was cool. What, heart disease or something? I think so. There's so a great article about Mason. You kind of, like, identify with these guys as you're young and growing up and listening to all their stories. On- it's not about winning. It's about going on this journey with them. And, and that sounds really pretentious, but I mean it. Like, you go with this team, and they... They could. They cared about the fans. They really did because they saw that we cared about them. Like they, going to the garden meant something. It's it's become. Here's a here's a comparison I'll make. The comedy cellar in the city uh, doesn't really allow a lot of industry in the crowd. And industry really kind of makes a show shittier. Right. Like they don't laugh as hard. Right. They're not as in. They're jaded. Well, that's kind of like when you let businesses go to these sporting events and. The, when home court advantage used to mean something, well, then all these, all the, they're all boxes for a company who doesn't give, right. they're just going there for business. Well, there are people that are diehard fans. There should be a section that is always diehard fans because that makes the game a better experience. And it's like all about money now, so it can't be. But that's how I feel as a, as a true fan. I'm pumped up. It's interesting, right? And then Ewing, you know, was our first, it was a huge thing because the Knicks haven't won a title since 72-73 season. Oh and Dave DeBusher became the general manager. He was one of the players on that team. He was like, he died really young too. He was amazing though. He was so cool. He was like a real man's man, like drank beer and was like just a cool dude. Mm-hmm. And he gets the draft pick in 86, or maybe it was 85, to draft Patrick Ewing. We get the one number one overall pick. He's out of Georgetown. He's like the hot player. And the Knicks get him at like the Knicks never caught a break like that. So it was like, oh my God, we got Ewing. Right. And it was, he was supposed to turn the franchise around. He was amazing, but he never won the championship. He came so close, but he never quite won it. And and there was that void. So when I hear fans complaining, they're like, we can't win. It's like, when it's like a fucking, I don't know, like a Patriots fan or something, like, shut up. They're like, we lost. I'm going to be in a bad mood. You've won five times in the last like 10 years or whatever. Right. Shut the fuck up. Like some of us actually are like going on these like sad 
Like, I'll never complain to a Cubs fan. There's people that live their whole lifetimes and they don't get to experience that win. So you find other ways to kind of enjoy that. You find other ways to, to fill that as you're like, well, we made it to here. That'll be my victory. So for me, I have my memories of the Knicks fan that I've lived through, not like the stuff I've read about or watched on film, that I lived through are like moments like Larry Johnson's four-point play where there was a playoff moment. It wasn't a champion. You, you find other smaller victories and then you find ways to be satisfied. So. So you're really going to be in this relationship with your girlfriend for a long time. <laughs> I like that. That's what you got from. Well, I think there's a funny premise there. Like seriously, for that you were saying yourself. Fairweather fans. For a joke, just the fact that you, as a Knicks fan, you've seen so many ups and downs that it's made you realize that you'd be an amazing partner for a girlfriend because you're just going to stick it out. Well, there's there's something fit. about the Knicks that like, <clears throat> you know. There have been so many painful, and like the true blue fans stick around, but there was this guy, Isaiah Thomas, and he was just like oh, yeah, the most, I, remember him. I mean, he was the I most. I had a crush on him. Isaiah Thomas? Yes. He was a great player. He, he was, was terrible. Cute. He's a handsome guy, but he's Didn't a he terrible GM. Didn't he also play He played for the Pistons. Baseball? No. You're thinking okay. of Deion Sanders, I no, think. No, no, no. Isaiah Thomas. But uh, yeah, he was an amazing player. He was a, if you haven't seen the bad boy 30 for 30 on the ESPN, it's on Netflix, it's worth watching. It's amazing. What is it? It's about the Pistons in the 80s. Okay. And they were just the dirtiest team ever. And he was the leader. And he was a dick. And he'd say there were... There was an interesting thing that happened in that where... Wasn't he Mormon? <clears throat> no. Okay. Not Isaiah. But uh, But they played the Celtics. And Larry Bird... This is going to... We're going to lose so many listeners on here. So we're going to have to oh, go long. Oh, we already have. Well, we're going to have to go long on this one. <laughs> we're going to have to go long on this one to make up for this. But uh, Larry... Bossy. this is. I think this is interesting. Like Larry Bird... And the Celtics were like the hot team. And they uh -huh. were like America's team. And I think there's some people that are like, fuck it, he's a white guy. And I get that. Like if you're if you're if you think you're better than them and you're not getting that attention because you're black, that's fucking bullshit. So Dennis Rodman, who's on the pisses at the time, says, he's not that good. He's just and he, he is great. Larry Bird's one of the best ever. He's just but there's this frustration speaking because they lost to the Celtics. Right. Dennis Rodman says he's not that good. He just gets that attention because he's white. And it's like that's a fucked up thing to say, because Larry Bird was like He's one of the best ever, no question. Yeah. And then they ask Isaiah, they're like, do you hear what Dennis Rodman said? And in an interview, he's like, what do he say? He said, Larry Bird's not good because he's white. And Isaiah's like, oh, he said that? Yeah, that's true. And he says it, you <clears> can tell <throat> he probably doesn't even believe it, but he says it because like his teammate said it. And it's like, I'll have your back no matter what. And that weirdness kind of um. brought them together the next year. And then they ended up winning. Oh, like they're like shit. it was a weird thing where it was like I'll do anything for you. And it's like. Even if morally or ethically, I might not be on the same And page. I love it. I love that shit. Like when you see a teammate like like kind of push a guy or something and then his other teammate gets right in his face and is like, I'll fucking kill you. I'm like, I love that shit. It's like that's your that's your it's dude. Like you and Phil. I would let Phil take the hit. But uh <laughs> I mean no, but like I love I love the guys who like have each other's backs for anything. So let's we'll talk about something else I love because that. I, I just went on a sports rant. I, I'm but I feel like that was that was you. that was relatable. I feel like for Definitely. some people, like even if you're not a sports fan, that's semi-relatable. You can. It's cool to think about a kid growing up and like picking his favorite team and identifying with these people. And it's really just like it's the same as me watching movies. You know, I didn't get into sports, but I was like kind of going into my own dream world through film as a very young kid. Exactly. <clears throat> and I think that you're doing that in a way too, like. You're really identifying with these people's stories, and then like these concepts come out about like nobility, drama. yeah, drama, loyalty, all these things nobility that you hold is, dear. Yeah, loyalty is huge. I, when Pat Riley, the next coach, I was like probably like 11, and when he left the team, 
No, I was probably fucking nine. And when he left the team, I remember crying hysterically. He left us for fucking Miami, and I, I never forgave him. And I was probably nine years old crying hysterically. And I remember my grandma called me and she was like, it'll be okay. And I'm like, no, it won't. I'm like, he's the best coach in the league. And we lost him. Wait, would you watch all these things alone or with your dad? I had a friend, Nick, who lived nearby. And he was like, he wore his Ewing jersey. I wore Starks. And we just would watch together constantly. And like, yeah, you'd find like a friend to watch it. My brother watched me a lot. Do you think you would have gravitated towards sports had it not been for a certain person or or you were just destined to like? My grandpa was a sports fan. So I would like, we'd watch the Yankees a lot. And I just, I found basketball my own kind of. My mom got me a hoop when I was a kid, like a little Mm -hmm. shitty Fisher Price one, but Mm -hmm. like I liked it. But then, but uh, my grandpa was a huge Yankees fan, so I got in the Yankees, and we I'd sit in his lap, we'd watch the game. And, Do you uh, think you're going to have kids? I'd like to have kids. You'd be such a great dad. I think I'd be a pretty good dad. Would you get your kid a hoop or let them choose what they like? I'd probably time? impose my will on them. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I just no. I like. I would hope that my kid. Like, I don't care if they're a fan, like a diehard sports fan or anything, mm-hmm. but I would. I would hope that they at least. I think it shows character to root for your hometown team. Like, if you go to like a, a, a country, a different country, like if you go to like Cuba, baseball is king in Cuba, mm-hmm. and you play for your hometown. Like, there's no trades. You're uh, playing for your hometown, okay. and I think that's fucking awesome. I think it's so cool that you're like, oh, you're you're from this part of Cuba. You're on the Imperiales or whatever they're mm-hmm. called, or you know. So I think that's so cool that you you have to represent where you're from instead of just going to the highest bidder. Whereas but that's here communism. In the that's communism for you. <laughs> Listen, stop bashing my people. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, Sam. Let's get one more email in before we wrap up. I'll, I'll I mean, c- we can keep it rolling for a little while. I mean, this is a bonus episode. Cause I, learning I, I, a lot about morale. Just trying to keep it real, babe. Do we even have? Oh, this was interesting. Yeah, babe. This is from a female listener. The guy I've been seeing is a possessive type. <laughs> Hanley. He likes to know my whereabouts and came Ooh. after a work shoot today to meet my camera guy. He was polite to my colleague, but to be honest, it was a little awkward. I mean, he literally was on the corner after we all took a break for lunch. He bought me <laughs> he brought me truffles from He's a, polite, but he stared down <laughs> all of us from a distance. That's not polite. That's so. weird. <laughs> uh, he brought me chocolate truffles from a West Village shop, which was very sweet, and now I feel like my judgment is clouded. Well, that's what happens when you buy a woman's Is this chocolate. the same person who emailed about the lobster? And, uh, yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is this weird? He also asks me about social media decisions for example i posted a picture of a neon sign that said you're so cool and it was just a random image i found online and he asked me what i was doing at a nightclub when i said i was at home resting granted (laughs) that's insane Uh, that's insane on so many levels that's insane like why are you posting that weird picture and then why is he but have you ever done that be honest have you ever looked at a woman's instagram Instagram and been like is this uh, just a random image or is this her night I trust. I have. I trust who I'm dating, but I it's it's but hard. If you're just getting to know someone, you don't really know them yet. I yeah, think people try but that to sounds. Do but that's also if you, it just sounds like they just started dating, right? So why, like he sounds like a bit dangerous. I would say, like I, I don't, I don't want to say like physically or anything. I don't know that, but like. Who comes to someone's work? Came to work. Bringing gifts is a, is a manipulative move. Yes. That's like that's don't that's trust like a saying truffle I'm truffle giver. Well, that's like saying I'm sorry. Right, a yeah, gift that yeah. early—it's like that. That gift doesn't ring. I'm thinking of you. It rings. I fucked up. 
And also, I have license to come to your workshop. Exactly. Yeah, that's, it's almost like saying, like, I'm annoying you, but here you go. Yeah, it's So it's, apo- it's an apologetic, manipulative gift. Have you seen that Netflix movie about the man who throws acid in his in his? I read about face? it. I didn't see it. It sounds amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. What the fuck is it called? I forgot, but I, I it's like, and then they end up together after he forms her, right? Sam! It's a documentary. I'm yes. not, it's not a spoiler for the it. documentary. It's amazing. It's not a spoiler for the documentary. God, what is it called? It's so good. Um, uh, I, we, uh, yeah, all right, Anya. You know who told me to watch it? A very funny comedy writer, Lauren Greenberg. Thank you, Lauren. Um, I will think of it, but she she always has like great recommendations. Well, anyway, so, wait, so. This w- isn't over yet. Yeah, this is already. Like, I don't, but, side note on the way. Is that what a is train? That what is that noise? Oh, it's a fucking radiator. Welcome to New York City. That sound you hear in the background is the, the radiator it's keeping us up. nice and it's like moist. my apartment in the middle of the night, like clang, clang, clang. <laughs> oh my God, it drives me insane. But, so, you yelling. But, uh, <laughs> w- uh, no, but the, just the idea of him looking at her Instagram saying, where are you? Is like, it's so there's wrong. a way you can say it that's not, it's like, I'd hey, be out of there by then. That to me is like I'll, I don't or like else it. I'd marry him. <laughs> kind of like that he's giving her so much attention. Well, there, there's something weirder. It's like almost like the James Con Santino Corleone and Godfather type, yeah. where it's like he's a hothead, but he's like there's something sexy about that too to a woman. I think you know, like, but it's annoying. It's such a it's, it's such a mixed a vague feeling, right? Thing, yeah. I it puts me off, but I know some people really like it. See that documentary? Well, she seems this terrifying. woman. This woman. I remember her last email, and she seems like she is questionable taste and she knows it i mean that's not an insult it seems like she is kind of attracted to things that she's not happy she's attracted to and she's aware she's self-aware it might bite you in the ass lady uh she says granted i'm a bit of a wild woman but come on right (laughs) she sees she's aware i told you the sex is good the banter is good he is quick-witted and really does make me laugh he's not a comic either so this is rare Anyhow, does this guy sound too controlling? And if so, how can I tell him to back off a little? Well, yes, he sounds controlling. And those are not easy guys to tell to back off because I think... Also, I, as I said, I don't know if he's abusive in a way, but this is all the telltale signs of an abusive guy. I agree. Uh, charming, witty, manipulative. Controlling, uh, controlling. Suspicious. Suspicious. I mean, these are. this is every sign from someone who I would... Be like I, I would stay away from. Run, don't walk. To <laughs> Ray Warren. <laughs> That's a classic callback episode. Greg Warren episode. On that note, please support our sponsor, Art Nineteen. Or no, not our sponsor. That where we have our podcast now on Art Nineteen. Yeah, you go to comedyvoices.com. The documentary is uh, Crazy Love, by the way. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's Crazy See it. It is nuts and a perfect example of how far this kind of controlling behavior can Control- go. Control. It's it's dangerous. Obsessive. It's not. It's like it's Marina esque. Some people call it. You Fuck know. It's- you. <laughs> Babe. I've never uh, been controlling. I know. I'm. Sh- I Phil's not here, you. and he's my normal punching bag. So he's not. You know, I'm feeling a little bit of. You know. I'm feeling a little lost. But so go to comedyvoices.com and listen to our podcast. Sam, do you have any parting words? No, we're still talking. Stop doing this. It's over. Stop trying to. You're you're being controlling. You're it's making over. it seem like I'm. You're being controlling, and you're making it seem like I'm being controlling by wanting to continue this lovely conversation we're having. Okay. But uh, look, this is. Do you have another basketball metaphor? <laughs> 
this is when you spend too much time in the paint and you're going to get called for three seconds. What's that mean? That means, you you know, the paint area under the, under. there's like the key, they call uh-huh. it. It's like the that area beneath the free throw line in between that colored area. You can't spend more than three seconds Basis. in there on offense. Okay. <laughs> in front Wait, of that, on the borders? <laughs> colored or, area. Uh, on the borders of the court? I'll show you a picture afterwards. We'll have a tutorial. I know what a basketball court looks like. I am I'm a I feel like you're really <laughs> trying to grind my gears. Download <laughs> Class Act. Watch it on iTunes. That's I, Sam I feel like we didn't answer a question fully. Oh, um, her question is, do you think I'll be killed or not? She said that for real? <laughs> no, she said. Uh, do you think this guy sounds controlling? Can I tell him oh, to yeah, back we did off? Answer it. Oh, yeah. How, she, how do you say that? I guess I would say... I would just say get out of the relationship. To be honest, I, I don't think I don't think there's a this guy doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to get subtlety. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to take a hint. I think you have if to you say, do anything, do it now, girl. Like say immediately. Like hey, the other day coming to my work, although that was sweet with the truffles, that cannot happen again. You can't do that. And then yeah. just see what truffles happens. is also like that's like a crazy person gift. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. You it's, don't get you just get regular chocolates if you're like not crazy. I feel like truffles. She likes lobster. She likes. She, she has likes high that. Quality yeah, but taste. that's her problem. She's high quality taste. But it's not a problem. You but people like that break out high quality taste that early on, I think there's something. They're they're. It's not covering, like you bought her jewelry. They're covering. Okay, but they're covering up for something. Perhaps. Perhaps he came to your work. That is questionable red flag behavior. Then he got weird about your Instagram. Also red flag. I don't think you should dump him yet, but I do think I would proceed with caution and definitely say start saying no more often. And also, you you said the sex was good, not great. So you know you can get better. You know when you like go out there and you try to get that you try to get that firm dick. That you gotta go out there and get that firm dick. There's dick out there that's not gonna be possessive, that's not gonna be controlling. And it's important to go out there and look for it because it's not gonna find you. You have to look for the dick. Follow Sam Morell. That was my new Hispanic character, uh, Carlita. (laughs) Carlita had a lot of good advice about finding dick. And I'm gonna find you some dick. Please email us at we know nothing pod at gmail.com with all of your life and Email us your advice. questions about dick. <laughs> Sorry. Follow WKN Podcast on Twitter. Follow We Know Nothing Pod on Instagram. Follow me, Anya underscore Marina on Instagram or Anya Marina on Twitter. And my album Paper Plane is out now. Sam Morell loves it. Your album is stupid good. It's fucking good. What's it about? Uh, Snowflake, I love that song. That song is fucking layered, dude. It's about your pussy? <laughs> I didn't know that. I was hoping Carlita would come out. Carlita likes songs about pussy, but you don't write enough. Like, there's not enough songs. The power of love makes me tingle, but, you know. Um, yeah, power of love is such a fucking good cover. So order that. That's like a legit, like, I like a cover that's completely different. Me too. That's like, I heard that song come on the in the uh, grocery store the other day. I shop in the 1980s. And, uh, <laughs> I go to Staten Island to pick up my groceries. And, they were uh, playing all of Huey Lewis. <laughs> but it was like, it was like, uh, it's like, it reminds you like, man, it's such a different song, which is cool, you know? Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Sam, yeah, do you have, have any give, dates, road yeah, dates? Yeah, a lot of dates, Hurry but you up. don't want to plug. Hurry up. What do you have to get to? Anger management class? <laughs> um... I have, uh, yeah, I'm in Winnipeg Rumors. I think it's like the 16th or the 20th of February. A lot of people in Winnipeg care. Uh, little propeller hat Sam cares. See that picture? Cute as fuck. Um, what else? 
I will be in uh, Chicago at Zany's March. Uh, check that out. You all, want, I, I've been asked to come. I've been asked to come Zanies. to Chicago many times. It's a classic club. Uh, I, I think that's March 9th through like the 12th. Isaiah Thomas will be opening up. It's a Detroit player, babe. You don't even fucking listen to that. Then I'll be in Dayton on March 17th to 19th and, uh, at Wiley's in Ohio. I'll be like, fucking God. And then I have a lot of other things going on. So just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for listening. We love you guys and we know nothing. Bye. Bye.